AgriTalk is brought to you by Full Scale from Helena. Grow Strong returns this season with breakthrough foliar nutrition from Full Scale at Reproduction. And by Propane. Propane is the energy for everyone, especially farmers. Environmentally friendly propane can fuel most anything on the farm. See how at propane.com. The House Ag Committee is getting ready for a farm bill listening session in the middle of California's San Joaquin Valley. We'll get a preview of that. Actually, you know, the farm bill discussions have been front and center on AgriTalk this week. We'll get a wrap-up of the coverage and some bottom-line observations on this week's free-for-all. From the grandest gab fest so far this week via Farm Journal broadcast, this is AgriTalk. This morning, we begin with a conversation with representatives Glenn G.T. Thompson and David Valadeo. Then it's our Friday free-for-all with panelists Sean Haney and Tom Sell. I'll pipe in as needed as well. <laughs> and right after the news, Jennifer Scheich from Farm Journal's Pork. I'm handsome newsman Davis Michelson, and now the host of AgriTalk, Chip Laurie. All right, Davis. Hey, happy Friday, buddy. How's it Woo-hoo! going? Oh, super great so far. Really good. Good, yeah. good, good, good. Big plans for the weekend? Huge, yes. Oh, wow. Yeah. Actually, yeah. Uh, there's a spot here in town that's doing a whole Chiefs thing. Yeah. The big uh, Super Bowl weekend. Yeah. We're going to go down and check it out. It, it's it's sort of lit up all on the outside, and then on the inside, they've got activities and places you can take selfies. And I've things never like that. heard of it. I don't know if we'll even go in, but we're going to yeah. drive by. Yeah, good. And probably good. get some dinner. How about you? Uh, I am planning to attend my first four-year-old basketball game. <laughs> that is number one on my priority <laughs> list for this weekend. Absolutely. Outstanding. Dunk it. Yes. Yeah, dunk it. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, on the rim that they're using, there's probably a couple of kids out there that could. Yeah. yeah, we, yeah. we can't forget that. I've, I've seen the videos. I cannot wait to see it live. It's got to be total chaos. Uh, Pee Wee Sports, you may find yourself uh, engulfed in that world. It's uh, oh, yeah. rather engrossing. And oh, they, hey. they take it serious from the get-go. Well, hey. the great ones do. The great ones do. That's right. That's right. You know, and I'm telling you, um, I've coached more than a few of the Pee Wee Sports teams, <laughs> and I'm 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 happy to say that that has uh, been passed on. Yeah. Um, okay, here's the deal: if okay. you are a grain market bull, you are smiling ear to ear this morning. We've got solid gains in the corn, soybean being led by sharp rally in the wheat market. We've got Brian Grady at the bottom of the hour. We'll figure out why. And what is going on at that time? All right, let's get to the news. What do you got? Well, Chip, while American families are dealing with record high grocery prices, farm families can expect to see a drop in income during 2023. American Farm Bureau Federation economists have analyzed the farm income forecast in their latest market intel report, noting that income will fall 16% this year, while costs will rise over 4%. AFBF President Zippy Duval says, quote, the farm income forecast is a stark reminder that American farmers and ranchers are not reaping benefits from higher grocery store prices. Chip, this after yeah. uh, USDA's ERS put out its, its report with a similar decline in uh, net farm income expected. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I, you know, these are best estimates. That's right. that's what they are at this point. We've got to see how 
those higher grocery store prices if they go away or it, who knows it could trickle down to the farm gate we we've got to wait and see because like i said before many times this economy is different i don't know if the models work well, Senate Ag members repeatedly stressed the importance of crop insurance and the need to restructure commodity programs in the next Farm Bill during the panel's latest hearing on the Farm Bill. Senate Ag Chair Debbie Stabenow led off the call to project and improve, uh, protect, excuse me, and improve crop insurance in the next Farm Bill. She had this to say. Crop insurance is the number one risk management tool for producers, but historically hasn't been available to some farmers who are most in need of it. I'm going to continue to focus on expanding and strengthening crop insurance for all our farmers. G.T. Thompson yeah. has something interesting to say about who's writing the farm bill in reference to yeah. uh, Chair Stabenow, but we'll get more from him in the next segment. Absolutely, and we talked about the specialty crop and, and some of the recommendations on the crop insurance front yesterday in two sessions, there were two segments. So if you didn't hear yesterday morning's um, um, AgriTalk, give that a listen. Well, Russia said it plans to cut its oil production by around 500,000 barrels per day. That's about 5% coming up next month, sending crude prices higher in a move that Moscow said was in response to Western sanctions. This is an interesting move, Chip. Yeah, we've got the March crude oil contract up around 79.50, more than a buck 30 higher right now. So it, it, I, I think the, the, the threat of this did have an influence on the market today. Well, Chip, the House has easily cleared a measure condemning China for the spy balloon incident 419 to 0. The resolution won every GOP and every Democratic vote in a major show of bipartisanship in the closely divided chamber. The FBI has so far recovered very limited physical evidence from the Chinese surveillance balloon shot down off South Carolina on Feb 4. And senior FBI officials say the Bureau has not yet retrieved enough information from the debris to assess the balloon's capabilities. Wouldn't it be something if this balloon is the thing that brings the Congress together and they find a way to work together now? Mm, yeah. <laughs> uh, if that's what it takes, you know, I suppose. Yeah. Senators yeah. John Tester, Grassley, and Mike Rounds reintroduced their Meat Packing Special Investigator Act to fight consolidation and enforce national antitrust laws. The bill would create the Office of the Special Investigator for Competition Matters within the USDA. And Chip, American beef exports set records for both volume and value in 2022. Despite slowing toward the end of the year, beef yeah. exports reached 1.47 million metric tons, 2% above the previous high in 2021. All right. Thank you very much, Davis. Let's bring in Jennifer Scheich, Farm Journal's Pork. Good morning, Jennifer. Good morning. So, you know, crop producers have been concerned about EPA's proposed changes to uses for some critically important uh, crop protection chemicals. Now EPA is taking aim at rodenticides. What's going on there? Well, I've been spending a lot of time in the last, I guess actually last week, just talking to a lot of different people um, engaged in, in in this situation. And quite honestly, it's something that affects everybody. And it really might be one way for agriculture and urban communities to come together and collaborate on something because, you know, rats are a huge problem in, in urban communities. And we, we know that rodents are a problem on the farm uh, because it's just a perfect environment for them. So these new measures are just basically um, proposing 
to to make some big changes with rodenticides that could actually make it so the average livestock farmer wouldn't need, be able to use them and apply them themselves. They'd have to go through certification and training to do that. And if they don't do that, they'd have to hire exterminators. But yeah. here's the part that gets me. It's not just exterminators to come out and put out traps. They have to use um, single-use base stations. They can't use refillable ones. But they have to come out and do that, and then they have to have them come back out to pick up the dead rats. Oh, come on. <laughs> they have to count them, and they have to be able to track and log them and then dispose of them properly. And, I mean, it's it's just really ridiculous. It's it's going to end up costing consumers more money because it's going to cost farmers so much more money. And we don't need any more of that, especially with everything we've been through lately um, through the COVID yeah. pandemic. Yep, yeah, no doubt, no doubt. Uh, making a big deal out of something that probably doesn't need to be made a big deal about Jennifer. So let's let's uh, let's keep up to keep up to date on that and keep us informed. Okay. Will do. All right, that's Jennifer Scheich, Farm Journal's Pork. We've got GT Thompson next. AgriTalk is brought to you by United Animal Health, where their science allows you to maximize your genetic potential. Learn more at unitedanh.com. From powering irrigation engines to warming buildings, propane has always been a part of American farm life. Now you can be a part of propane's future and save money at the same time. The Propane Farm Incentive Program is a research initiative that provides farmers up to $5,000 towards the purchase of new propane-powered equipment. In exchange, participants share performance data to make tomorrow's ag operations more cost-effective, more efficient, and more environmentally friendly with propane. Getting started is simple. Visit propane.com slash farm incentive to see if you're eligible. To produce higher yields and greater value at harvest, timing is everything. Full Scale from Helena helps soybeans reach their full potential with breakthrough foliar nutrition and reproduction. Full Scale delivers beneficial plant extracts and micronutrients with the added efficiency of ENC formulation technology. It gives your soybeans every opportunity to grow strong returns this season. Contact your local ag retailer or Helena representative to learn more about Full Scale. Always read and follow label instructions and check registration status before use. In the morning, you're coffeeed up and you're thinking. In the afternoon, you've calmed down, but you're still thinking. We're here all day. Agritalk. Welcome back to Agritalk. Glad that you're with us on this Friday morning. Uh, we've got with us right now Representative Glenn G.T. Thompson, Chairman of the House Ag Committee. He's representing the 15th District of Pennsylvania. Chairman Thompson, welcome back to AgriTalk. Jeff, uh, always a blessing to be able to be on with you and uh, really thrilled to be joined by my good friend and colleague here as well. Okay, that is uh, Representative David Valadeo. He is representing the 22nd District of California. Uh, welcome, Congressman. How are you? Not bad. Thanks for having me on. I really appreciate the opportunity to be here with uh, with my colleague from uh, Pennsylvania and, and someone who's going to be vital for us in the agriculture world uh, over this next year during the Farm Bill debate. Okay. The 22nd District of California, that's in the San Joaquin Valley, isn't it? Yes, sir. The World Ag Expo is actually uh, within the boundaries of the district. Uh, yeah. It's actually the largest dairy district in the country. 
Um, so pretty excited about the farm bill coming up and, and the listing session in the district. Right. So, Representative Valadeo, tell us a bit about yourself, because I think some are going to be surprised by your farming background. <laughs> so most people around the country don't know, but California is a, a large ag state. I think we're, we're still number one. I know there's a lot of other commodities out there being produced, but my part of California that I'm, I have the honor of representing uh, obviously has a lot of dairy. My background is dairy farming. I still live on the dairy. In fact, very active in the dairy, moving cows, running computer software to make sure that we're doing what we need to do. But small family farm, got into politics and uh, luckily uh, was put on appropriations and um, focused on the ag appropriations, making sure that USDA has the ability to function. But yeah, my background is agriculture. My district is all about agriculture. Yep. Um, I just I sit on a different ag committee in Congress. Gotcha. Gotcha. Absolutely. It's a. Uh, ultimately, uh, Chairman Thompson, uh, ha- having uh, some allies there on the Appropriations Committee, it's critical to figuring out exactly what is going oh. to work and what won't work in the Farm Bill. No, that's right. And David's, David's been a friend of mine since uh, since the beginning, when he first came into Congress. And, uh, and I'm just really proud to have uh, an Aggie. Uh, like Dave, David Valadeo on the Appropriations Committee because it's a team effort. You know, right? yeah. we work hard of uh, when it comes to this farm bill. And and David, he's not on the committee, but he's at the table when it comes to our work on the farm bill. We're going to be real proud sure. to be in his district uh, next week, actually, for yeah. a, uh, for a great listening session. But at the same time, we need those Aggies in the Appropriations Committee uh, because we authorize in the Agriculture Committee. And the appropriators appropriate. So, you know, we don't get these programs out up and funded uh, with, without the Appropriations Committee. So the agriculture yeah. community and the agriculture industry are well served by, by David's uh, service on the Appropriations Committee and specifically the, the Ag Appropriations Subcommittee. Right, right. So the World Ag Expo in Tulare is coming up next week. As you've mentioned, there's going to be a Farm Bill listening session at that event, Representative Valadeo, what's Chairman Thompson going to hear from farmers in your district? Well, they're going to hear a little of everything. And the district, the whole San Joaquin Valley, I mean, we produce a little of everything. And so you're going to hear everything from specialty crops to row crops. You're going to hear a lot about uh, trade. You're going to hear a lot about crop insurance. You're going to hear things about research. A little of everything. I mean, it really is a broad amount of commodities that are produced in the Central Valley. And so uh, we've kind of got every issue to, to address, and so I think we'll have a full two hours of uh, testimony to listen to. All right. We talked with co-chairs of the Specialty Crop Farm Bill Alliance yesterday. What should specialty crop producers, the the fruit, the produce, potato growers, et cetera, what should they expect from the 2022 Farm Bill? You know, first we need to conduct a thorough audit of what's working, what's not, and what needs Fine-tuning. I mean, my priorities are those farmers' priorities, especially, you know, across American agriculture and specifically with the question you had on uh, uh, those folks who are involved in growing um, our specialty crops. So the, this uh, listening session is, is so important. We did this in Pennsylvania very successfully. Yep. Very proud that on Valentine's Day, actually, yep. Tuesday, February 14th, I told my wife I wanted to uh, take her out for Valentine's Day. I didn't. I didn't tell her I was going to take her out for some fried cheese cubes and a milkshake at the World Ag Expo. But she'll love that, and we're looking forward to her. I think it's 10 a.m. Uh, Pacific time. The hearing will take place, and 
first of all, what we need from them, we need their voices. We need the voices of Central Valley and, and all of California's agriculture, and quite frankly, all across this country, and so that we put together a farm bill that we will get done that is bipartisan, bicameral, that is done on time and highly effective. And, and this listening session will be a big part of that. I'm expecting we'll hear from, from David's farmers the same stuff that I hear from the farmers of Pennsylvania and, and all the other states where I've traveled there to, uh, to, to hear those voices of American agriculture, the headwinds, you know, the challenges that folks are, are facing right now, whether it's, uh, you know, inflation, whether it's uh, the, the availability of crop protection tools that have been kind of demonized by this EPA, the, yep. you know, the availability of fertilizer, cost of diesel fuel. Farming is always hard work, and thank goodness we have people that that a connection to the soil is is something that's so important to them. But it's it's harder than normal. I mean, and many of the commodities, including these specialty crops, are are probably getting some record uh, uh, with inflation, some some record commodity prices right now. Yeah. But the problem is, their their the inflation is driven up their costs. And at the end of the yeah. day, farming is a business, and it's the margin that matters. It's the money that you're left with at the end of the day, and we. So we've, uh, you know, we've created in our dress shoes for our work boots, uh, and uh, we're <laughs> and we're we're bringing a good bipartisan group to uh, to California. It looks like even, uh, uh, which I'm really thrilled. I and I hope nothing uh, derails that because he has to be responsible for the needs of the nation. At this point, I'm uh, kind of expecting our our Speaker of the House to to, to join us uh, in Tulare. Absolutely, that's excellent. Excellent. Good to hear. Uh, Representative Valadeo, this may be more of a state's issue, but every time I think of the Central Valley, I think about water issues. Uh, what needs to be done to, to fix some of the kind of misguided rules and regs? Well, it, it, you're right. It's a little bit of a state, but it's also a federal issue because there is federal water and there is state water. There's been investments from both uh, levels of government at the, at the, uh, in the state of California. Um, but what needs to happen to fix it is we need more storage capacity and we need better management of the resources we have. Um, we've had some amazing storms these past couple months that have delivered a lot of water uh, to the state of California. Sadly, a lot of that has flown out to the ocean, and uh, we, need to, uh, we need to get smarter about how we do things. Um, I mean, obviously, agriculture and water go hand in hand, and without that water, we wouldn't be able to grow all the fruits and vegetables and um, nuts and and cattle and poultry and all the other things that are so vital to our, I mean, national security. Um, yeah. It's important, but sadly, it's it's all about infrastructure and and wise management. And sadly, we're behind on both of those. Yep, that's right. No, okay. that's that's right. And 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 water, water from so many perspectives is life giving, right? Mm-hmm. So uh, I know this is an issue that uh, uh, that David has talked with me for. Uh, uh, for a, a number of years and, and, uh, and the struggles that, uh, the, the farmers, uh, in different parts of the country, but specifically this part of California have, uh, yeah. have really, um, yep. well, it's just really, uh, the, our farmers have been struggling with. Yep, exactly. Uh, chairman Thompson, one last thing, we've only got about 30 seconds, but I got to ask you, you're, you're out there still collecting ideas. The word is is that Chairman Stabenow has already done a lot of work in writing the bill. We heard that from Senator Ernst yesterday. Uh, what's your thoughts on that? Well, the House actually takes the lead in writing the bill this time around. Uh, we we alternate that with farm bills, and so that 
that pen is firmly in my hands. And although I've got a great relationship with, with Senator Stabenow and, and, uh, and certainly with uh, Senator Bozeman, uh, who's a dear friend of mine. He was a mentor when I came into the House, and quite frankly, we were Bible study buddies together. <laughs> and then uh, Ranking Member Scott is uh, is just a, a statesman and a good friend as well. So I feel, I feel really good about uh, the four uh, four corners, as they call it, uh, the, the yeah. team that we have, the leadership team um, uh, to lead that effort so that we do this successfully in a, a, a bipartisan and bicameral way. And let me also say, we don't need to rewrite the entire farm bill. You know, I think right. the parts that we're comfortable with and maybe the parts that the Senator Ernst is referring to are the things that we found that, you know, based on the audits that we've done, and I know that the, the Senate has done two hearings, two field hearings at this point, uh, but we need to do a lot more, and we okay. should be doing some things, to, more things together. Um, but the fact is, I think at the end of the day, as we as we do this audit, we do these listening sessions, we're going to find there's some things we just need to protect uh, that right. really don't need a lot of tweaks or changes. And there may be other things that, quite frankly, uh, we need to invest more time on. Gotcha, gotcha. We are out of time, unfortunately. Chairman Thompson, thank you so much for your time. Uh, let's stay in touch. Uh, always a blessing to be with you. Thanks so much. All right. And Representative David on. Valadeo from California. Thank you, sir. It's good to get to know you. Yeah, looking forward to more conversations with you. But thanks for having me on. Excellent. All right. Hey, when we come back, we're going to get the free-for-all going. Sean Haney and Tom Sell will be joining us. Time for Markets Now with the expert. To produce higher yields and greater value at harvest, timing is everything. Full Scale from Helena helps soybeans reach their full potential with breakthrough foliar nutrition and reproduction. Full Scale delivers beneficial plant extracts and micronutrients with the added efficiency of ENC formulation technology. It gives your soybeans every opportunity to grow strong returns this season. Contact your local ag retailer or Helena representative to learn more about Full Scale. Always read and follow label instructions and check registration status before use. From powering irrigation engines to warming buildings, propane has always been a part of American farm life. Now you can be a part of propane's future and save money at the same time. The Propane Farm Incentive Program is a research initiative that provides farmers up to $5,000 towards the purchase of new propane-powered equipment. In exchange, participants share performance data to make tomorrow's ag operations more cost-effective, more efficient, and more environmentally friendly with propane. Getting started is simple. Visit propane.com slash farm incentive to see if you're eligible. It's from ProFarmer. ProFarmer editor Brian Grady joins us right now. Beach, nice move to the upside in the grain markets today. What's going on? Well, wheat, uh, specifically the winter wheat market, so SRW, HRW futures just exploded here at mid-morning, and, uh, you know, that's pulled everything else up. Spring wheat futures are following to the upside, as is uh, the corn market and, and soybeans as well. So uh, no real news uh, behind the uh, move. Uh, just moved through some uh, resistance areas and uh, wow. picked off some buy stops, and, and it's turned explosive here to finish up the week. Yeah, twenty-five to thirty cents gains on short covering is a <laughs> is a pretty impressive move. We'll have to see if they can hold on to it into the close. Should mention also we've got the crude oil market up about a buck seventy-five. That's helping out the bean oil market. Yeah, it is, and uh, you know the, the rest of the the grain and soy markets as well. Aside yeah. from meal, uh, you know we're seeing spread unwinding there with the oil market. Gotcha. All right, take us over to the livestock trade. I would guess that the higher corn market has got the feeder cattle under pressure. 
Absolutely. Uh, just modest pressure, though, uh, here to, to finish up the week. Uh, so nothing major by any right. means. Uh, live cattle futures trading slightly to the upside. I kind of expected maybe a little bit more uh, price strength after uh, some of the reports on cash cattle trade uh, that were as much as $4 higher in, in some of the wow. northern markets. Uh, so, uh, you know, I would expect that uh, we would have seen just heavier buyer interest. But, uh, you know, the, the cattle traders remain cautious here despite the bullish uh, cash fundamentals and the longer term outlook. And then on the hog side of things today, uh, just narrowly mixed, but uh, mostly weaker uh, with the deferred contracts under slight pressure and the February uh, slightly higher. All right, buddy. Have a good weekend. That is Pro Farmer Editor Brian Grady on Markets Now. Opinions expressed on AgriTalk do not necessarily reflect the views of Farm Journal Broadcasting, affiliate stations, or sponsors. The truth is hard to come by these days, unless you listen to AgriTalk. All right, let's get the free-for-all started. Get Sean Haney, Real Agriculture, Real Ag Radio in here. Good morning, Sean. Hey, Chip. Great to be with you here today. Looking forward to the conversation. I'm actually sitting in, I got. we got a fun family moment I'll bring up real quick. Yeah. I'm sitting in Oklahoma City right now. Okay. And uh, we're going to watch this afternoon. Our oldest, my wife and I, our oldest son's making his college baseball de- debut today. So pretty exciting day. Oh, that's a fantastic day. I wish it was a little yeah. warmer down there for you. It's not all that warm, is it? Little chilly. Little chilly. <laughs> I landed in Houston. It was like, oh, I wish we were in Houston. It, it's, yeah. yeah, it's it's going to be a little breezy and uh, dress warm, but uh, we'll enjoy it uh, nonetheless. Yeah, I hope he makes solid contact because if it's close to the handle, that that could leave the hands tingling for a bit on a oh, day like there's, today. There's nothing like a 94 mile an hour fastball on the hands when it's like, you know, yeah. just above freezing. Yeah. yeah. Oh, man, that's fun, though. Congratulations. Yeah, we're looking forward to it. It's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah. Yeah. Excellent. Tom Sell, Combest Selling Associates. Tom, it's good to talk with you again. How are you? Hey, I'm doing good, Chip. I'm I'm actually sounds like Sean and I are are reversing. I'm a Texan, but I'm in North Dakota in Fargo today, uh, <laughs> uh, and it is really chilly here. I'll say that. But <laughs> yes, good. it is. Yes, it is. Uh, what what you doing up in North? What you doing up in Fargo? If I can ask. Yeah, it's a it's a farmer meeting today, so I'm good. I'm uh, speaking tonight. Senator Hovind's going to be there, and and uh, it's it's it sounds like it's going to be a big gathering. Yeah, Tom, you know, North Dakota, obviously, kind of the center of the uh, keep China from buying U.S. farmland epicenter mm-hmm. up there. Yeah. I'm, I'm sure that's going to be on, on your agenda for tonight, isn't it? It will. Um, yeah, yeah it, it, it it's a hot button issue here. I, I still I need to uh, do a little work to, to understand fully the issues uniquely to North Dakota. But it's it's a big issue. Catch a fire all over the nation. Yeah. Right now, so. Yeah, I'm sure it'll it'll be a big topic. Yeah, when it's when when it shows up on some of the network business stations, um, you know, it somebody is putting a spotlight on it. That is for sure. You know, and then there's Haney, you know, from the country that owns the most U.S. farmland of any foreign country out there. It, some of this might end up having an impact on Canadian ownership in the U.S. Haney. Oh yeah, we're we're very quietly trying to inf- infiltrate yeah. Chip. We're we're up to no good. <laughs> you, oh, know that's the thing. you know what? You know what? The managers of this uh, Fufeng corn processing plant that was going to go in uh, in North Dakota, there they assured 
the public that there's no espionage planned at all. Right, right. So, That's reassuring. I mean, you know, we'll yeah. be fine. I'm yeah, sure but it's the, fine. the Air Force decided to raise its hand and say, you know what, putting that 12 miles away from an Air Force field uh, doesn't doesn't make a whole lot of sense to us. So Seems a little sketchy. Yeah, a lot of issues going on up there. Tom, we've been talking a lot about the farm. You know what? I'm going to save that because first things right. first, let, let's let get to just – I don't want to spend a lot of time on the State of the Union address, but I think we need to spend some time on it. What was your take, Tom? Uh, you know, it – these these things have become a bit of a a bit of a circus, and this certainly didn't let us down on right. that front. It's getting less respectful, more kind of um, just just um, I, I don't know a good good word to describe it. But I thought I thought Biden laid out his agenda fairly you know clearly. I thought he was he was on his game. I thought even the way that he engaged with the audience uh, reflected well on him. Uh, unfortunately. The, the kind of the, the criers from the crowd, whether it was Nancy Pelosi riching, ripping up Donald Trump's speech yep. a few a couple years back or whether these these yahoos uh, in the Congress, you know, yelling out, it never reflects well on them. Uh, it always kind of plays into the the the, the speaker's, um, uh, I think, um, advantage. So I, I, don't, I don't know why people don't learn their lessons, but I, I thought as far as, yeah. you know, the, the bigger issue is there's a big chasm between the policy goals of the parties right now, even stated. So, you know, someone, I read one article that just said, you know, the, the, the days of the Democrats embracing a limited government, the Bill Clinton vision yeah. for the Democratic party are, are long gone. Yeah. And this speech really, really just kind of uh, finally kind of brought that, brought that to being, um, yeah. you know, this is not the same Joe Biden who was in, who was in the Senate for years and really camped that, out in that middle ground space. Yep. That is, that is the point that I wanted to get to right there. I didn't see anything or hear anything in the speech. I had to listen to it, uh, the, the next day, couldn't make it through it that night, but <laughs> listen to, listen to it in full the next day. And, and, it, I, I think you're exactly right. I, the the days of smaller government from the or even yeah. you know even same size government from the Democratic Party are gone. Haney, what was your thought watching from afar? Uh, yeah, good, uh, good good night. I think for McCarthy, he he Speaker McCarthy raised like twelve to thirteen million dollars in in one night. Based, you know, just sitting there behind uh, the president. Wow. Uh, so good night that way. Um, I thought it was a pretty good night for Biden. Uh, I, I thought President Biden uh, performed well. He yeah. he did not get sidetracked uh, by some of the jeering. And actually, uh, Tom pointed out very well. I I agree with him that you know he. I think he won that sort of verbal sparring. Uh, he he did well. Um, uh, you know. Well, I, I felt was like he trapped actually, the the GOP a couple of yeah, times. Yeah, I've heard people describe it that way. I think it's a good description. What I was disappointed with was Sarah Huckabee Sanders, governor of Arkansas. Her re- rebuttal to me, uh, and, and listen, she's speaking to a certain part of the party, but I just think it sort of showcased that the Republican Party has still not grasped grasped the fact that there's an opportunity to win votes in the center. And and she was really speaking to uh, a certain segment of the party, and and I think she missed an opportunity. To be quite honest with you, interesting, interesting. Okay, Chip, it felt like an awful lot of platitudes to me. 
Yeah. Just just it saying did. aspirational things. Um, yep. All the infrastructure projects that he wants to wants to accomplish and all these sorts of things, and to do it 100% with U.S.-made materials, uh, he referenced lumber, glass, and drywall. Do we have enough to even do that? Yeah, good luck. Yeah. You know? Good luck. And then I'll see you at the groundbreaking. Okay, that's great. Rah, rah. We can all get behind that. Yeah, let's see him at the groundbreaking. How many groundbreakings has he gone to? Yeah. So far. Yeah. You know, Tom, one of the things that, that caught my – well, guys, I should say. One of the things that caught my attention the most was when he said, hey, come on, fossil fuels are going to be around for at least another 10 years. 10 years. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That was definitely a statement that, that you just kind of guffaw at. That, you know, the the energy sector is, is, is so – you know, foundational to our economy. We we in the yeah. ag world talk a lot about that, right? Uh, that yeah. that you know, the goal of ag policy is to is to let people you know uh, use their their talents and their intellect for you know for other kind of creative adding adding value, having 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 that base of of the food supply taken care of blesses the nation in in so many ways. Same with same with energy supply, but and look, there's change going on. There's incredible nutty investment going on. The the, yeah. the prices yep. of how the market plays into the energy market have just gotten things in 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 a pretty incredible way. Have attracted a lot of investment, but to say fossil fuels have a have a have a timeline of ten years is <laughs> uh, seems very detached from reality. Yeah, yeah um, you know what, Tom, you you you're in North Dakota. You're in Fargo. Drive around, you'll go, you know, if you can get out, go to like Williston, North Dakota, look around and see the, the, the boom of what's happening in the oil sector in North Dakota. And you, there, there's a lot of runway here, more yeah. than 10 years when it, yeah. when it comes to the oil and gas sector. Look, look at some of the comments that BP made this week yeah. in terms of what they're not going to do with electrification. Yeah. Like there's a this is this to say 10 years is just it's sort of silly at this point yeah absolutely okay um there was a senate ag committee hearing yesterday tom what did you learn from it well undersecretary bonnie the fpac the the farm program and conservation undersecretary testified before the senate ag committee full committee it was great to see the committee up kind of around the table working in their traditional committee room uh, sorry, that's kind of a DC nerdy uh, statement, but it's it's gratifying to see government on one level getting back to a more normal pace and routine. Bonnie is an impressive character, um, uh, yeah. and and really, you know, has been kind of the I, I think one of the intellectual forces at USDA, kind of driving towards some of the more climate smart agriculture. That's his real passion and area of expertise. But he showed a lot of a lot of competence. Uh, uh, on on the other areas, there's a lot of talk about the farm bill, a lot of talk about the safety net. You know, that is kind of the one area of the farm bill, you know, just kind of this may not be the direction you want to go. But, you know, conservation got a huge infusion of, of funds from yeah. the IRA that the Democrats passed on a party line vote last year, $21 billion. Of course, Secretary Vilsack plussed up food stamp stamp benefits by more than 25% last year. So now we're we're running at more than a hundred billion dollar year clip on on food stamps, made this massive 25% increase to the benefits. So they're not really calling for for kind of new attention in the farm bill. Really it's the farm sector uh that's yeah. calling for it. So you heard this, yeah, I think you heard that reflected in the senator's voices yesterday where there was a lot of talk about the importance of crop insurance, investing more in crop insurance. There was some talk about Title One and the kind of the reference prices, yeah. whether they're for ARC or for 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 PLC. So it really was kind of a nice 
preview of, of what I think the year is gonna is gonna uh, lead to on on the farm bill discussions. I know you just interviewed GT and you heard some of his kind of bold visions for for going forward with the farm bill. I think we're gonna have a very robust discussion this summer, and I, yeah. I hope it's hope it's fruitful. I, I think you're right. I think you're right. You know, we had Senator Ernst on yesterday. Senator Ernst from Iowa. Uh, she gave us a little bit of insight into the, you know, asked her the question that how much work has been done on the Senate version of the bill. She said a lot of work has already been done on the Senate version of the bill. And GT, when we asked him about it, he basically said, eh, slow down. Farm bill is going to be written by the House. Uh, so we, there's a lot of work to do to bring those two together. We'll talk about that a little bit more when we come back on the free for all. To produce higher yields and greater value at harvest, timing is everything. Full Scale from Helena helps soybeans reach their full potential with breakthrough foliar nutrition and reproduction. Full Scale delivers beneficial plant extracts and micronutrients with the added efficiency of ENC formulation technology. It gives your soybeans every opportunity to grow strong returns this season. Contact your local ag retailer or Helena representative to learn more about Full Scale. Always read and follow label instructions and check registration status before use. From powering irrigation engines to warming buildings, propane has always been a part of American farm life. Now, you can be a part of propane's future and save money at the same time. The Propane Farm Incentive Program is a research initiative that provides farmers up to $5,000 towards the purchase of new propane-powered equipment. In exchange, participants share performance data to make tomorrow's ag operations more cost-effective, more efficient, and more environmentally friendly with propane. Getting started is simple. Visit propane.com slash farm incentive to see if you're eligible. Visit prosaropro.com to learn more. Always read and follow grain marketing and all other stewardship practices and pesticide label directions. You suffer from talking on the radio phobia? No problem. Send us a tweet at hashtag Agritalk. Welcome back to the Free For All on Agritalk. I'm Chip Flory. Glad you're with us. We've got Davis Michelson, Tom Sell from Combest Selling Associates, and of course, Sean Haney from Real Agriculture, Real Ag Radio. Uh, guys, we, we were talking about the you know the farm bill. You, of course, there's going to be two different versions to begin with. Tom, I'm I'm optimistic that when the time comes for for it to happen, that chairs Stabenow and Thompson are going to be able to merge the two versions into something workable. Aren't that that should yeah totally. that should be fairly that, smooth. Well, you know, should, there, there's always a, a a thousand fights on a lot of old things, but I think on the big picture. Um, uh, in terms of where real kind of focus and attention is needed, I, I think there's a lot of similarities. And I, I agree with GT. You know, he he's wanting to set out a, a pace. And you'd mentioned yeah. that Joni Ertz had, had talked about the sentence already written a lot. But uh, the the writing of the farm bill, that's kind of a broad term, as in, uh, did I wake up thinking about it this morning? That that's that contributes to the writing eventual of a farm bill. I don't right. think I don't think the Senate or the House is really ahead in terms of having something on paper that reauthorizes that that encapsulates priorities. Uh, I do think GT is going to kind of lead this budget fight, which is which is key. You know, is there some new money that could be brought into yeah. for 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 commodities and and to address disasters and that kind of stuff? That that I think is really the grease that could make a uh, 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 farm bill move move fast. And GT is the one that's kind of leading with House, you know, budget committees and 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 Kevin McCarthy yeah. uh, to try and say, look, we've been spending so much money, we have a really paltry baseline going forward. 
we we can do better. We can do better by taxpayers. We can do better by the farmers. But we got to have a little bit of a little bit of juice uh, that yeah. we can invest into the farm bill to improve that safety net. That'll keep us from having to do ad hoc and stuff like that in the future, which is always yep. sloppy and messy. So anyway, yeah, that yeah. that I think is well. Path. Yeah, and I think you're exactly right on that, Tom, because uh, when we had the conversation and we had the conversation with Chairman Thompson yesterday that aired uh, earlier in the show, but he really wanted to have Valadeo, Representative Valadeo, on the, on, in on the conversation, number one, because of the World Ag Expo being in Valadeo's district next week, but also because Valadeo is on the Appropriations Committee. And so he's got a real focus on where, how are we going to get the funds that are needed for the farm bill in the year ahead? He's, I think he's got his head straight on, on that and, and figuring out the funding along with the policies. I would agree. You, you guys are, this is pretty optimistic farm bill discussion we're having here. There, there's, <laughs> it <so>, is. <laughs> okay. So what's the wedge point? What 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 are what is the issue or issues that will detour this optimistic path that I'm hearing the both of you talk about here? Huh. Yeah, good question, Sean. Way to go, um, man! You, you Canadians are so aggressive and and menacing. <laughs> <laughs> you know, there is obviously well, there's thank, big. Thank God you said it, Tom. I didn't want to have. To. <laughs> There's big, there's big areas like on on welfare reform and and how food stamps are yeah. implicated in that. I mean, it's it's my sense that even most Republicans in this time of inflation don't want to go back and kind of pull back uh, uh, food uh, out of the mouths of of right. of the poor. But um, you know, but other issues like should we be giving endless food stamps to ABOs, able-bodied adults without dependents, you right. know, no kids able-bodied can work shouldn't they go to work those things are divisive issues that could really crank the thing down i, yeah. I hope gt and the way that he's going forward is is you know i know he's really trying to to bridge that gap and have a very civil discussion you know obviously hey. the government is way overspending and we got to live within our means better yeah hey tom how important is it that frank lucas from oklahoma is back on the ag committee well he's a great influence and just yeah. having his kind of focused attention on it is is going to be great. He he also is a is a gentleman who has a lot of credibility on both sides of the aisle. Yep. knows kind of these battles, and knows knows the policy well enough to find creative solutions. Ultimately, that's where it's it's yep. easier talking platitudes. The hard work and what I think GT and Frank are both really good at is actually getting into the guts of this stuff. Yeah, and and uh, you know that that's where you can find common ground. That's right. That's right. Okay, Haney, uh, what are you watching this week? Up in Canada, you've got a bill that's trying to prevent dairy market access from being off limits. What What's that all about? Yeah, but, yeah so private members bill, Bill C-282, uh, it's brought forward by a member of the Bloc Québécois, uh, which is you know essentially a Quebec separatist party. <laughs> that's, that's a whole other story. Anyway, um, they're basically bringing forward a bill that uh, private members bill that's passed a first reading, which basically would prevent legislatively the government for giving up dairy market access in future trade deals, uh, which uh, I guess my first reaction to this is it's kind of ironic and timely based on the fact that U.S. has launched uh, a second dispute resolution under the U.S. Uh, USMCA. But, you know, in other ways, we don't have a lot of new trade deals on the plate, 
where access would be wanted to be given up. So it, it's sort of like in some ways it's it's like a pandering nothing burger. Uh, political parties up here do everything they possibly can to show support for the Canadian dairy industry. Yeah. Well, this, you know, you know what I mean? Like it's yeah. it's sort of like, ugh, what is the point of this at this point when the, yeah. the horses have left the barn? Yep. Yep. OK. All right. Very good. Real quick, Tom, EPA. We had the story from Jennifer at the start of the show taking a look at how rodenticides are used on the farm and they might have to have like you know uh, an exterminator come in and and handle your your rat and mouse control in barns why are they sticking their nose in this because they can <laughs> and chip uh yeah, uh, you got me cold on this one, but okay. I love the phrase "pandering nothing burger." Uh, yeah, I, I think there's a lot of that going around. Thank you, Sean, for that phrase. I'm going to use it a lot. Well, I think we could probably use it on this EPA question as well. Yeah, <laughs> I think so. All right, so let's do this then. Tom Sell, Chiefs or Eagles? Chiefs, baby. Patty Mahomes, Texas Tech University. Yep, I kind of figured that that was coming. How about you, Haney? I'm going Chiefs as well. I can. I will never ever forgive the Bears for not drafting Patrick Mahomes. They picked yeah. Trubisky instead, but it's Chiefs all the way. All right, and I think we know where you're at there, Davis. Dude, I hate agreeing with everyone, but yes, I agree <laughs> with everyone. Chiefs. Well, and and since Davis is actually showing interest in sports ball.